I'm Lieutenant Joe Pangaro. I've been a cop for 27 years. I like to say I got a backstage pass to life. Well, guess what? I got some tickets for you. So come on in, pull up a chair, turn up that volume, and let's go. Chasing Justice is on. Well, hello, my friends, and welcome aboard. I'm your host, Lieutenant Joe Pangaro. So, you know, when I get together with the guys in the neighborhood, or when me and Miss Kathleen and my father-in-law, Ted, when we're preparing for dinner in the beautiful weather uh, that we get in New Jersey for several months a year, we like to sit out on the uh, patio and we like to watch the birds and, you know, we like to listen, listen to the sound of the chirping and the, the crickets and all those wonderful. And you know what else we like to do? We like to have a nice cold adult beverage. Now, sometimes that's a beer. Very rarely. I'm not a big beer guy. I used to love beer and tequila. That was my big thing back in the day. But, you know, beer makes you, for me anyway, makes me feel a little bloated. So I prefer uh, a different kind of adult beverage. You know, I like a nice uh, gin and tonic, uh, vodka and tonic, or maybe vodka and tomato juice, or, uh, you know, I, I like margaritas. Well, it seems that our friends in government are considering a, a new law that would prohibit your consumption of beers to two beers a week. Now, can you imagine that? Two beers a week. This is what we want to tell people that they... Now, I don't think they're ever going to get away with a thing like that. I think they're going to make a recommendation, maybe. And you know what? Two beers a week might be more healthy for you. It might absolutely be more healthy for you than, than three beers every day or five drinks every day or the things that people do might absolutely be more healthy for you to cut out alcohol from your life. But that's your choice, isn't it? To have an adult beverage, to drink three beers if you want, or five beers, and do that in the afternoon, daytime, whenever you want to do it, you know? Uh, it's not the government's place to tell you what you can consume, but they're going to try it anyway. And, and, and here's, where, here's where the problem comes in. They start out with a recommendation based on health for you because you don't know no better. You can't take care of yourself. You're too stupid. You're not them. Uh, so they'll, they'll make a determination that a recommendation is too. Well, we know where recommendations go. Uh, they have a life of their own. They go from a recommendation to then suddenly they are uh, an, an all-consuming concern. Uh, and then, the, you know, the, the beer and alcohol companies don't cough up enough money to the, legislatures, the legislators to get them to back off. And next thing you know, there's a law. Another law in America of what they're going to control. So they're going to control the kind of stove you cook your meals on. They're going to control the kind of fans. You hear that? Ceiling fans. They want to have ceiling fans uh, uh, regulated now. What kind of ceiling fan you can have? They already regulate your toilet and how much water can flush down. Uh, now they want to do your beer. Right? So the government is slowly but steadily growing to the point that it's... It's an unstoppable landslide. At some point, they just can't stop coming up with rules for you. And when we look at our, our two different parties here in the country, we see that most of that regulate the life out of you really comes from our friends on the left. Uh, they, they really, they're the ones who really want to control every aspect of your life, determine everything for you, tell you what you can and can't do. Uh, decide what's good for you and your children, decide what you can know and can't know about your children, uh, decide what you can know about their education, have anything to say about their education. 
the government is, is a behemoth and it's got an appetite and it feeds on your freedom and your liberty. And this is where all of this is headed. So when I saw this, you know, two beers a week, like I think it's Canada. Canada has a rule, two beers a week or some nonsense, uh, which is crazy because I was just in Niagara Falls on the Canada side uh, and there was nobody in there telling me I couldn't have two beers or nine beers. Uh, they were just happy to sell the beer. So uh, it's probably just a recommendation. But the fact is that they're floating it out there, that this is something that they're bringing up to talk about. And that's where it starts. And it just goes from there. And we all know that that's the truth. All right. So what are something else we're seeing? The, the, the actions of our friends on the left. And I say that. Somebody said to me, Joe, why do you say our friends on the left? Because they're American citizens. They are our fellow brother and sister Americans. They just have a different way of looking at the world. And, and I have tried to be clear as I could possibly be. Every time I talk about this, I don't think our friends on the left, our progressive friends, uh, liberal friends, our Democrat friends, I don't think the rank and file people are bad. I don't think they're bad. I think they just believe in goodness and niceness. They don't understand human nature and they can't see, they can't see beyond their desire for goodness and niceness. They can't see how they're being used to play a game so that the, the people above them, the people who run the power in their party, uh, will take advantage of them. Now, I'm not saying the Republicans wouldn't do the same thing, but it's different. It's just different. You can, you can say what you want, but it's different. And we're seeing that their tactics, the tactics that they take to, to get their messages. We talked before in a previous episode, we talked about the fact that the reason that they're big about packing the courts uh, and, and doing things through the courts as opposed to the legislature, through law, is because a lot of their ideas could not get passed. They just couldn't, you couldn't get politicians to actually stand up for some of these things that they want and then put it into to, to, uh, writing for a law and then have it be voted on with their name on it. Uh, they, they just can't do that. So they go to a court where it's, uh, it's disassociated from the politicians and the court makes the ruling and makes new law and changes things, which is inappropriate for what they should be doing. But we see that that's how they like to use things. So their tactics, their tactics of making their points of view often start out as legitimate protest. And we all have a right to protest. Uh, they go, they start with legitimate protest. Maybe they carry signs, they show up at different events, they wave their signs, they chant, they do all these kind of things. All legitimate, as long as you're not uh, impacting people's lives negatively. So one of the ways we see this negative impact on people is when they realize that, you know, they can't, they can't get their message across by just standing there waving signs and trying to appeal to you because the appeal for a lot of their points of view and the things they want to do, just like the reason they can't get them through is laws because people would not necessarily agree with them. So they do other things. So what do they do? Well, uh, we saw in the summer of 2020, people were frustrated and angry. And instead of working it through the system, what did they do? They showed their anger, their defiance against the system. They went out and they burned, destroyed, killed people to make their point, right? Because their, their point is more important than your point. And they will go to extremes to make their point, even at your detriment. So we're seeing 
a lot of this uh, road blockage stuff. Have you seen these people that block the roads? All right, we're seeing a lot of this in Europe where they're blocking the roads. And uh, a lot of, we've seen so many of the videos on social media. People are trying to go to work. They're trying to go to a doctor. They're trying to pick up their kid. They're trying to go to school. Or they're just driving to the local store. And you've got these people who are trying to make a point that they don't agree with, I don't know, uh, eating meat or, uh, you know, using oil and, and uh, you know, uh, fossil fuels. Uh, they're so against it that they're going to make their point that they're going to block the road to inconvenience you to make their point. Well, that's when the protest goes too far. See, protest is fine as long as it doesn't impact negatively other people's lives. People have a right to, to, uh, to grieve something they don't agree to, to go to the government, to redress their grievances. And they have a right to protest, but they don't have a right to block an ambulance from going to the hospital with someone who's having a heart attack. And we're starting to see that tactic now come to America. So recently I saw um, a road blocker, uh, and I think he was in Chicago. I think he was in Chicago blocking the road. And this man, uh, just, just a guy on his way to work, was really frustrated. These people in her, he gets out of the out of the car and he starts screaming at them. He grabs their banners and he's throwing them. And now he's having an argument with these people. And they're saying, you don't care about whatever, whatever cause they were trying to support. You don't care. And that's why we're blocking the road, right? And he wants to throw people out of the road and the cars are beeping. This is inappropriate. And we're seeing this happen more and more and more. They can't get you to see their point of view, to accept it. So therefore, they're going to force it on you, which is really the same as taking their ideas that they cannot get through law and going to the courts and having the courts force it on you, right? So it, it are this, a lot of the things from our friends on the left are to force their beliefs on you, okay? They will force them on you by physical force if they have to. They'll, they'll beat you, burn you, kill you if they have to, uh, to make you fall in line with what they want to do, and now they're blocking roads, or they'll jam it through a court, the friendly court. This is all totally and completely inappropriate for the American way of life. And like I said, I think protest is legitimate. And if you want to protest, then I think you go to an area where you can protest, wave your sign, scream and holler, talk on your uh, on your, uh, your your megaphones, uh, you know, you know, yell all the kind of things you want to yell. As long as you're not blocking traffic, you're not in people's way, you're not assaulting people, you're making your point heard. Now people have a choice; they can stand and listen to your point of view, and maybe they go, "Hmm, I think that's a good idea. I think we should be able to kill babies right up till the point that they're born." I agree. Now, now that I've listened to the protesters, or maybe they say, "I don't know. Maybe we shouldn't eat meat." Maybe eating meat is not good. They could even go so far as to say something like, well, I agree, fossil fuels are no good. And I am not going to drive a car or fly in an airplane ever again that's powered by fossil fuels. That could be my choice from listening to the protesters. I can hear their arguments. I can agree with their arguments. And I can change my behavior. The problem is when I don't change my behavior, now they want to force a change to my behavior. And that's when we come into conflict. So when I saw that, um, that, that road blocker in, I think it, I think it was Chicago, uh, and I saw the story about it, and you saw how angry the guy was, and he gets into this confrontation. It kind of goes, um, 
along the way where where did it happen in uh in chicago in chicago um there, there's there was another big event in chicago uh, where they had this uh, road closure, and they're trying to do that. And now we're seeing it in New York City. Now we're seeing protests in New York City over the migrant issue, the illegal alien issue, uh, starting to really divide the lines beyond the point of argument to the point now of violence. And why is that? Why would it be going to violence now? Well, I, I think my my perspective of what I see here is that New York City, uh, the city, not the whole state, the city is very, very liberal and progressive. And the majority of people there believe in illegal immigration. Now, whether they believe in it because they just think people want to come here for a better life and they're good people and just want to join us and we have plenty and we should be able to share with everyone, I give them the benefit of the doubt that that's how they feel. And right, who doesn't want to help people, right? And you can all understand why somebody would want to come here, right? We all understand that. But we also understand the realities of human nature. You can't just let everybody come because we don't have enough for everybody, right? We have to take care of our own and then we help as we can. But New York City and the progressives and liberals there, they wanted to come out and say, we are a sanctuary city. We hate the orange man. We hate the Republicans. We hate these people who don't want to open the border and just let everyone come on in. We welcome them here with open arms, which is a wonderful uh, virtue signaling kind of a thing to stand on a soapbox and say. It really is. I mean, who can fault you for being that good? You just want everybody to come in. You open your front door and let them come on in. And they can have whatever they want in your house. Unfortunately, when reality catches up to our friends on the left, when their, their ideas are actually put into practice, we see the negative effects of that. So what you have in New York is New York declared itself a sanctuary city. Everybody can come. And then when Texas and Florida and Arizona and these other states are overrun because of the open border with millions of people who have no ability to take care of themselves. They don't speak the language. They don't have any money. They don't have any resources. And they come across the border. They have to be taken care of, right? You have to feed them, clothe them, house them. You got to put their children in school. You got to make sure they have medical care. All of that is very, very expensive. And it's very easy to wave your flag, virtue signal, and say, hey, we are a sanctuary city here in New York. We love those people until Governor Abbott from Texas started putting them on buses and say, hey, listen, we can't take care of you, but you know, New York wants you. They, they're begging for you, so I'm going to send you to New York and give you a free ride to New York where they want you. And that was good for the first couple of busloads, the first 80, 90, 100 people. Well, they're up to about 30,000 now, and uh, New York uh, can't take care of them. They, they can't provide the housing and the clothing and the food and the schooling and the health care and everything else. And now the people in the city are saying, hey, wait a minute, what are you doing this for? You're horrible doing this. You're using people as a pawn. They should stay in Texas and Florida and New Mexico and Arizona, that you should stay there and you should be burdened with them. We just want to feel good about wanting them to come in. You should have to take care of them. And that's the problem that you're starting to see is that now New York is running out of space. I think uh, the mayor, uh, Mayor Adams, said, I would put people up in Gracie Mansion until people called him out on it. How many are you going to put in Gracie Mansion? Well, I'm not actually going to put them in Gracie Mansion. I can't really do that. Uh, just like we saw um, 
where Mr. Obama has a place there uh, in Cape Cod or uh, uh, Martha's Vineyard. Martha's Vineyard, we are a sanctuary place. We love those people. We want to take care of them. Until they sent one busload, 57 people, and they were gone within two hours. They had them on another bus, and they got them the hell out of there. And they said, well, we can't take care of them here, even though they had hundreds and hundreds of empty hotel rooms. They got millionaires, billionaires who have properties there. Could have all chipped in, I don't know, $500,000 each times you know, all the billionaires and millionaires that live there. And they could have fed everyone, those 57 people. They could have given them jobs. They could have done a lot of things. But instead, when the rubber met the road, when their virtual signaling led to them having to, to deal with it, uh, they couldn't do it. And this is unfortunate in that this is how many, many of the progressive ideas go. They're, they're nice ideas. They're loving ideas. I think they're based on caring and uh, do-gooderism and you, you want to be a good person and all that. And that's all good stuff. That's all good to do those things, to take care of people, help people. It is. But you have to do it with limitations in what you can actually handle. Right, all these people that are saying this—you don't. How many, how many um, illegal immigrant families do you think are living in Bill Gates's place? You know this sprawling, you know, thirty thousand square foot uh, mega home he has. How many, how many families do you think he brought in there to, you know, live on his property and live in his house with them? I'm going to guess probably none. Okay, how many of those people are living in the multiple Biden family properties? You know, the ones that they earned through their, their, their hard work and their companies. How many people are living in the Biden beach houses? How many do you think? Or in Oprah's place? Or in any of the other people who scream and holler that you are a hater and you should do more, but they're kind of uh, out of the picture. They don't really have to do it themselves. They just have to say, you have to do it. Right? So we, we see a lot of hypocrisy because human nature, when it, when it hits... The reality of, of these ideas that our friends on the left have, they don't work out because they don't think them all the way through. They don't understand human nature. They don't understand how people are going to behave. They don't understand what's going to happen. It, we look at the crime problem is a perfect example. Okay, So they felt that the, the criminal justice system was racist and it was targeted to go after minority people. Therefore, it's illegitimate. So we have to stop prosecuting people and we have to defund the police because it's not fair and it's not right the way it is. Now, what they ignore is the actual facts of crime. You know, the, the police, you can, you can even say to yourself, okay, I have an officer who is a absolute stone racist and does not like minorities, right? And that officer may go out and charge somebody with uh, speeding when they weren't speeding. And that's bad. And if you find that out, you should remove that officer. But the reality is the officers don't just ride around and go, well, I hate people. I hate minority people. So I'm going to charge them with crimes and I'm going to uh, charge them. Well, just charging somebody doesn't mean they're convicted. You have to have investigations. You have to have evidence. You have to have proof. So they don't look at the reality that there is crime behind the people being arrested. And that's all people, all races, everybody. You have to have evidence that people committed a crime. You don't just charge somebody with a crime and they go to jail. That's not how it works. Now, this was their point, is that they, they believe this, though. They believe it in their heart. 
Just like uh, Joe Biden wants you to believe that white supremacists are the biggest problem in America. They are everywhere. They are killing people by the thousands. They are doing horrible things every day. In the meantime, we don't see any big roundups of white supremacists, because if they're out there and they're criminals, then we should round them up and charge them with whatever crimes they have committed. Uh, just because somebody hates somebody and says it and thinks it, as long as they don't act on it, hmm, they can be disgusting people and have those kind of feelings. But it's not criminal if they don't act on it, right? So while most of us don't feel like that, most of us are not haters. We don't hate people just because they're a different race or religion or creed or whatever. There are some people who are. And if they're out there and they have those ugly thoughts in their head, as long as they don't act on it, uh, that's what free speech is about. The minute they act on it, the minute they do one of these things uh, that's illegal, we should lock them up and throw away the key. Absolutely. But where are these thousands? It's the number one problem. The number one problem in America is white supremacists. Well, where's the, where's the weekly roundup? How many hundreds of thousands of white supremacists have we locked up? Because I say if they're committing crimes, lock them all up. Right? If they're out there doing hate crimes, if they're out there doing intimidation crimes, lock them up. Right? But we don't see it. When we do see a real hate crime, like the, the disgusting individual who went into the, into the store a few days ago and killed three African-American people because he says he hates African-American people, that is disgusting and that is horrifying. And he should be locked up, tried, and if convicted, executed for what he did, not because so much that it just that it was a hate crime, but because he killed three people. He took three innocent people's lives and he should pay with his life. See, I believe in the death penalty for people that do bad things like that. But the whole idea, I'm losing, I don't want to lose my, my place here. Our friends on the left, the whole thing is because they honestly believed that people are just thrown in jail uh, because, of the, because they're minorities, that the system is unfair. Right? The system is unfair, therefore we have to, if we, and here's how we fix the system. We stop charging people with crime. What do we see? AOC is out there saying, people are just stealing diapers and food for their babies. And then you watch them stealing, you know, they're tearing apart jewelry stores, they're taking, tearing apart department stores. You know, they're, they're not stealing stuff for the babies. They're taking advantage of the fact that we've said as a society, we're not going to charge people with crime. Therefore, we all know that if you tell somebody, hey, you want to go steal, there's no consequences for it. A lot of people are going to go steal. And then you have people stealing left and right. When we tell people we're not going to prosecute them for assaulting other people, they don't go, oh, well, you know, it's good. You know, I'm not going to go to jail now for nothing. So therefore, I'm going to be good now. No, people that are prone to commit crime of any race, people of any race that are prone to commit crime, when you tell them you're not going to lock them up and hold them accountable, they're going to go out and commit crime. And hence, we see the rise in crime all across the country because we've stopped prosecuting crime for the crazy thought in our head that the system is so biased that we have to just stop. Right? We've defunded the police. So now we have hundreds of thousands of American citizens victimized by dangerous criminals because we've defunded the police, because we believe the police are all bad. They're all just out to get people. That they just throw people in jail and that's the end of it. Forgetting the whole thing of what did the investigation show? 
What did the evidence show? And that's why the people were convicted, no matter who it is, whether you're black or white, doesn't matter. If you're convicted, you go to prison. You pay your debt to society, right? So their idea, thinking that it's bad, therefore we have to do away with it, and then everything will be good, turns out, doesn't really work that way, does it? No. People go and commit more crime, victimize more people. Stores are closing and leaving. Businesses are being shut down. People are being victimized, murdered, raped, beaten, assaulted. All because of this crazy idea. Now, if the system needs reforming, if we have certain things, and I've said this how many thousands of times, if we decide we don't like the cops stopping people and handing out tickets for taillights, headlights, bald tires, all this other stuff, then change the law that says we suggest that you get your car fixed and you don't have those things, but that's no longer a, a, a crime or a motor vehicle violation, right? If we think that punching somebody in the face because you don't like them is okay, well, then we get rid of simple assault law, right? We don't just ignore law, and that's unfortunately what happens. And this is where the ideas, the progressive ideas over and over and over again are meant to do good, but in reality, they, do, they, don't, they don't do good. They end up hurting lots and lots of people. You know, look, look at the whole idea of getting rid of fossil fuels. Fossil fuels are polluting the whole planet. We have, to, we have to do something. You can't have a car. You can't have a stove. You can't have a light bulb. You can't have a toilet. Well, who can't have that? Americans can't have that. But what about our friends in China? How much pollution are they creating? How much coal? How much coal are they burning? How about in India and other industrializing nations around the world? They, they put out more pollution than we ever dreamed of putting out. But because our friends think it's bad, they make us all have electric cars, which people can't afford. You can only go 200 miles, 300 miles maybe. The batteries cost thousands of dollars when they have to be repaired. So the idea is good. The practice of the idea is not good. So should we think of ways to have better green energy? I think that's a great idea. I think most people do. But what have I said? When you can get, when the president can get on Air Force One and he can fly around the world on solar power or on little wind turbines put on the roof of Air Force One, then we'll know that the technology has reached the point that it's actually practicable. But until then, unfortunately, we need fossil fuels until we find a better alternative. And right now there is no better alternative. Does that mean we just give up? No, no, we keep trying, but we don't shut our country down. We don't shut our economy down. We don't change our lives for the worst based on a good idea. It's a nice idea to get away from fossil fuels, especially when we're not the ones that are polluting the way the world is being polluted today. But we don't see anybody going against that, do we? No. See, so this is where there's good ideas, but they're not done properly. They're not executed properly. So that's, that's the problem I have with the ideas of, of our friends on the left, of our liberal politicians. Um, the people have good ideas, but they just can't put them into practice because they're very, very difficult to do the things they want to do at the drop of a hat. But what could they come for next? What could they come for next? Um, your electric razor, maybe. Hmm. Or maybe some other devices that you like to use around the house. Your lawnmower, no more. You got to go out with one of them, uh, the wheelie things that cuts the grass. I don't know. 
but we'll find out. Something to think about. All right, so we'll be back in a minute with more. Stand by. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com, code out loud. This is Jody O'Malley with Nurses Out Loud. Did you know our body is made up of trillions of cells and inside each cell, redox signaling molecules are produced? These molecules hold a sacred place in chemistry because as we age, the vital communication of our immune system becomes less efficient. For the first time ever, ASEA brings you the power of these molecules in a convenient and potent form to provide your body with the essential support it needs to thrive. Ever since I toured their facility, I take two ounces in the morning and evening, and my vitality and energy has been restored at a time I needed it the most. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get your exclusive 15% discount by using the code OUTLOUD. Cofix RX Nasal Solution has completed the circle and is now offering throat spray with povidone iodine. That completes the protocol doctors like Peter McCullough recommend. If staying healthy is important, you'll want to make sure to add throat spray to your next order of Cofix RX. For a limited time and exclusive for America Out Loud listeners only, you can save 25% off your entire order. Let's double down against colds, flus, strep, RSV, HRV, COVID, and more. Click the banner or go to America Out Loud shop to get 25% off your entire order. Use coupon code OUTLOUD25. That's coupon code OUTLOUD25. With the rise of independent media, we are now AmericaOutloud.news. For the genius of the United States is not found in its executives or legislatures, nor its ambassadors, authors, colleges, or churches, nor even in its newspapers or inventors. The genius of the United States is we the people. AmericaOutloud.news. Liberty and justice for all. Okay, we are indeed back. Lieutenant Joe here. So one of the things I want to do is I'd like to throw a big shout out to my brother Todd. Yes, my younger brother. Um, it is his birthday uh, this time of year, and he is a very, very good man. And he has been my friend for my entire life. Um, there was a time when I thought I wasn't such a good big brother. I didn't think too much about him, not negatively about him. I just was busy with my own life, you know, and, I, and he says, no, you've always been a good brother to me. So I have to thank him for, for that, for assuaging my feelings of guilt. But as adults, we, uh, we get along very well. And actually, he works with me a lot with my training. He, uh, he's hopefully going to transition over to help me with some of the other things that we're doing. He is... Um, He's a very good man, and it's birthday, so happy birthday, Todd. I want to make sure I mention that because, you know, he listens to the show. All right, so we've covered a couple of things here so far today. We've talked about, uh, 
only allowed to have two beers, right? And they can be Bud Lights if you wanted, but you're only allowed to have two. Um, we have these these emergencies, these these protesters who are not uh, not protesting properly. They're they're causing you a problem. Imagine if your child had some kind of problem, uh, fell down, broke a leg. Your father-in-law had a heart attack. You're trying to get to the hospital, and traffic is blocked because you got these people sitting there saying, "Don't eat meat. Red meat is bad," and they block the road, and your child doesn't survive, or your uncle, your father-in-law, whoever it is, passes away because they didn't get the help. Right? They don't think about what they're doing. So we, we talked about that. We talked about the folly of our friends on the left, where they have you know good ideas, good loving ideas. They just can't execute them. So where do we go from here in our conversation? Well, what do we see on the horizon? Because we're starting to hear, again, this goes to usurping power, taking away your freedom, taking away your liberty. Slowly but surely, as we start to move towards the next election cycle, it's coming up, right? We're starting to see there's debates. Well, there's debates on one side. There's no debates on our friends on the left refuse to debate. Uh, they don't. They, they don't. They don't care about the rule of law. They don't care about tradition. They don't care about uh, anything as long as they can maintain power. And they are not going to have Joe Biden go out and uh, and uh, do a debate because uh, that might ruin the plans they have. So they're not going to do that. But as we move into this cycle, we're starting to hear some whispers, and these whispers are whispers of control. We're starting to hear. There's a new COVID strain that's bad, and we may need to mask up again. Now, masking up again, you're starting to hear there's some medical places, hospitals, that are already saying that their staff has to mask up. We're hearing there's a couple universities, I believe in California, that are saying students will have to wear masks again. Well... What is the purpose of the mask? For the past uh, bunch of years since COVID struck uh, in 2020, everybody masked up because we thought it was, you know, that was going to help us. You know, we were told that. Well, Dr. Fauci told us they do nothing, masks. They do nothing. Then they do everything. Then wear two masks. Then wear two masks and earplugs and all these other things. And really, the whispers of control are all about not just controlling the fact that you wear a mask, but it also gives them power when they have this emergency declared that they can do other things. Like what other things, Joe? What are you talking about? Well, I don't know if they have you wearing the mask because this new COVID strain is out there, which is based on Omicron, which is not killing people, or at least not killing millions of people. Like the original strain was very deadly. Lots of people died. But the ones now, the one I've had twice, I had two different kind of strains, Omicron and something else, and it was gone in two days, not to mention the fact that I had a doctor who was willing to prescribe me the medications I needed that are illegal everywhere, but basically in the state of Florida. Um, besides that, um, the whole idea is we're starting to hear the mask idea come back because they want you to comply because if you comply with the mask thing, then it leads credence to, well, we can't have in-person elections. We have to have uh, mail-in ballots. We have to have uh, other kinds of voting methods. We can't have, it is so bad, we're masked up again because the pandemic is going to start over again. And it's going to heat up. 
and it's going to roll right into the time of the next election because it's a way to control what goes on, how things are being done, how they can violate their own laws and constitutions to do the things that they want to do. Okay, so when so, so any who's sitting out there in your basement in your underwear going, you're talking 2020, you're saying it was stolen, you're making things up. You're, no, no, I'm not saying that at all. I'm not saying that at all. 2020 is long gone in the rearview mirror. Were there a lot of suspicious things? Yes, there were. Were they investigated? The court said no. The court said absolutely not. No, no, the courts never said that. The court said they wouldn't take the cases. Nobody actually investigated. But that's a whole nother show, another story. But 2020 is gone. 2020 is past. That's over. I'm looking forward. How come the day after the 2020 elections, um, when we realized, okay, uh, Joe Biden's going to be the president, where was the impetus to say, okay, this was a crazy time through this pandemic. Uh, lots of things happened. Uh, we had to do things to survive. Let's fix our election laws now on the federal level and the state level. Make sure that this never happens again. Well, what could we do? We could go state by state and each legislature could say, first of all, let's make sure the only people on the voting rolls are legitimate voters, people who are alive and have a right to vote. Let's, let's do that first. It's impossible. How are you supposed to do that? Um, they can keep track of social security checks. They can keep track of your tax, taxes down to the penny of how much you owe. They can go find out who's dead or alive and who's legitimate, who's living in two states uh, and voting in both places. They can, there's lots of things we could find out if we wanted to really investigate. And then we could fix. We can come up with um, transparency laws that make it very, very clear to everyone what happened. We can do away with, gee, everyone's tired from counting votes, so we're going to shut down at 1 o'clock. We'll come back tomorrow. In the meantime, at 3 in the morning, boatloads of votes show up. And they're not signed. The signatures aren't verified. The whole ballot isn't filled out. Just, just one person's name is marked in there. We could do away with that and say, when you do election counting, it starts until it's finished. And if people are tired, you bring in replacement people so that the vote continues until every vote is counted. And then you declare who won. None of this, we got tired, we shut it down. We can also have cameras in all these places to watch the votes that are being counted. Cam really good cameras they have today. You can look right over somebody's shoulder and see exactly what they're looking at. The signature, everything. Then you have representatives of all the parties that are involved in the election. Everyone who has a candidate gets to send somebody to every single place where they count the votes and they get to sit there and they get to look and see, oh, this one is for Jimmy Babelschlatz. It's marked. We checked it out and everybody can look at it and go, yeah, it looks like Jimmy Babelschlatz. That's, that's a vote for him. That's a good one. We can clear up a lot of the concerns that people have. Right? So you can say that there's no, uh, no fraud in voting, but we see lots of times people do get arrested for voting and convicted. They vote multiple times. They vote for dead people. We see that dead people do vote. So these things are, are yeah, but it's only 2%. Oh, Lieutenant Joe, it's not enough to change an election. Well, the fact that there is fraud and we claim it's 2% doesn't mean it's just 2%. Maybe that's the 2% that we found. Maybe 
it's much higher. Now, why would any American citizen want to be disenfranchised? I don't care who you vote for. You vote right, left, central, doesn't matter. You can vote for the orange man. You can vote for the old man. You can vote for anybody you want. Why would you want to be disenfranchised? By finding out that there's, there's the things that are concerning about how the election went. Let's wipe out all that concern. Let's find ways to do it. And we could have done it the day after the 2020 election. We could have said, okay, that's it. We're fixing this once and for all. Right? Do we have to have nine months worth of voting? What was the purpose for that? Well, the whole idea was that some people can't get to the polls on election day. And do I think that's true? I do. Some people have to work. Some people are away. I think if you're on vacation, you should be able to send in a mail-in ballot. You ask for it. They verify who you are. They send it back. They put a serial number on it. And when you send it in, they record it. And I think that's good. Uh, we can certainly do that. But all of this other, you know, voting for seven weeks ahead of time, all that does is invite fraud. Now, you could oh, conspiracy, conspiracy. No, it's not a conspiracy. When you leave open loopholes like that, that's where you have problems. Election Day, and I'm going to give this, uh, this kudo to Sean Hannity. Sean has said he thinks Election Day should be a national holiday. So everyone's off and you can go vote. I agree with that. I think everyone should be able to go vote on what, what more could we celebrate than the freedom and liberty we have from the vote, right? We celebrate Fourth of July because that's our Independence Day. We celebrate uh, Labor Day to celebrate the hard work everyone does. We celebrate Memorial Day to remember those who've given their lives for our country. What could be more important than making sure every American citizen has the right to vote and the ability to go vote? So maybe I would say if you're going to do early voting or late voting to make sure everybody's covered, uh, you do maybe Election Day. But maybe you do the day before Election Day. You open the polls early, 24 hours early, and then you hold them open another 24 hours. But that's it. Three days. Boom, boom, boom. You can get there in one of those three days. If you can't, you can go to a judge and say, hey, I, I need an exemption. I, I couldn't get there. And maybe the judge lets you vote, throws your vote in. Or if you're going to be away, you get an absentee ballot and you apply for it and you send it in. That would be a good way to do it. Then we don't have votes going on for months. Manipulate. What happens to those votes? Who marked them? Who checked them? We didn't count them till the day of the voting. I think all the votes should be counted the minute they come in. If you're going to do this, mail-in ballot, as soon as it comes in, people should be looking at it, register it, serial numbers on all the ballots. Not just paper ballots out there by the millions. Serial number based on a person. Who's a person? Oh, it's Joe Pangaro. Here's a serial number. This is the one sent to him. It got sent back. That's Joe Pangaro's ballot. Got his name on it, his signature, and it matches the serial numbers. There's no doubt that that was Joe's ballot, as opposed to just thousands and thousands of paper ballots marked off with no signatures and no names, but they're counted legitimately. Right? Every vote should count. Every vote should count. Well, uh, if you can't sign your name, if you can't uh, prove who you are, then maybe that's an opening for fraud. We see that many, many states and cities across our country are saying, you know, all of these people here illegally have a stake in our community and they should be able to vote. Really? Uh, they have a stake in your community? If people are here illegally without going through the proper channels, why would we allow them to vote on things like 
changing the election law or changing the welfare benefits or changing the rules of engagement or anything. They are not citizens. Why don't we go to France and go, hey, France, here's two million American votes because you might come here someday. You like America. You helped us back in the revolution. You get to vote, too, because you're a world citizen. Now, you say, Lieutenant Joe, that's absurd. Those are French citizens. Well, who are the people that are coming here illegally? Are they American citizens? No, they're citizens of other countries. And there's lots and lots of people who want to give them the vote. Do you see how that connects? Do you see how that connects? All of this stuff is the potential for fraud and makes people uncomfortable makes people come up with conspiracy theories because things don't seem to look right. It didn't seem to go the way it looked like it was going, right? And that makes people doubt, and we can't have doubt. We have to have certainty in our elections that, you know what? If the guy I wanted won, we can all be certain that that happened. If the guy or girl I wanted didn't win, I have to be confident that they lost legitimately because I can accept that. That's how it goes in America. You make your case, you make your points, you put your ideas out, and if people don't like them, they don't vote for them, and then they go a different way. That is legitimate. That's how it's supposed to work. And I'm 100% for that, whether my guy or girl wins or loses, as long as it's legitimate. And we can make it legitimate and make people comfortable with it if we do the right things. But the question, all this buildup leads us to the question, why haven't we done the right thing? Why haven't we done the right thing? If you had an intersection in front of your house and cars crashed there every day, people got hit by these cars, people get injured or killed by these cars, and somebody said, hey, you know what? Um, since the last accident, why don't we put up a stop sign here? Because then people will know they should stop and not go through the intersection and we'll cut down on the accidents, we'll cut down on the deaths, we'll cut down on the injuries. I say, yeah, that's a good idea, mm, but we're not gonna do it. And then 17 other people get hit and killed and accidents happen. Why would you not do what is obvious that should be done to fix a problem? Well, the only answer you can come to is that people who don't want to fix the problem want the problem for a reason. It provides them with something. And in this case, when it comes to elections, I believe that not fixing our elections so that everyone is comfortable that they're legitimate is so that we can allow fraud to take place. It is as simple as that. It's as simple as that. Um, I don't think I don't think you could see it any other way. Just like, you know, in America today, I'm going on a business trip in a couple of days. I have got to show my identification to get on an airplane. Don't you have to show identification to get on an airplane? You do. Uh, if you want to open a bank account, you have to show identification. Mm -hmm. You want to get a driver's license. If you are 21 years old and you want to go in and buy three beers, you have to show identification. In many cases, if you want to buy tobacco products, you have to show identification. Uh, we, have, we have untold amounts of reasons that we need to identify who we are for legitimate reasons. When you go to do an insurance claim, do you ever go to a, a physical therapy or go to a hospital and they take your insurance card and say, can we see some ID? When you go to a hotel and you check in because you made a reservation, they say, can we see some photo ID, please, to make sure it's really you and not somebody else taking your room? There are thousands and thousands and thousands of legitimate instances. We have to show who we are for those reasons, but not when we vote. 
the most important thing we can do here is vote for our future, no matter where you stand. Your point of view, your your candidate's point of view, you want to you want to support that. But yeah, you don't have to there because some people some people can't. Some people can't get IDs. Some people can't get IDs, and therefore we we, we just have to let everybody vote however they want. Do you realize how absurd that is, and how how little credit that gives people? Well, people can't get to a place where they can get ID. That is ridiculous in this modern world. You can get ID if you want ID. The state will help you get ID. Everyone can get a legitimate ID. When you go to vote, it's a very simple thing, like checking into a hotel, getting on an airplane, buying uh, three cans of beer, whatever it is, you show your ID. And we can say, oh, yeah, that's Joe Pangaro. That's his serial number on that ballot, and Joe's going to vote. Now we know it was legitimate. The reason people don't want ID and they start to throw things out there. They throw the race card out. It's racist to demand ID because some people can't get ID. Who can't get ID in America today? Who doesn't have ID in America? It's a ridiculous premise. It is a premise that is set up to make you feel guilty that you must be a racist because minority people can't get IDs. That's the premise that they're trying to give us. Is that absurd? It is absurd, but it serves a purpose. What's the purpose? Because if we made everybody show ID, we could certainly make sure that every vote was legitimate. And shouldn't that be the goal of an election? That the votes are legitimate so everyone doesn't have to think about conspiracy theories or have concerns that their vote wasn't properly counted or that they weren't disenfranchised? Isn't that the idea? That is the idea. And having a voter ID would solve a lot of that problem. So you got to say, why would somebody not want to do that? They don't say you don't have to show ID get on an airplane. So those same people that can't get an ID and vote, they're not allowed on airplanes, and that's not a problem? They can't go buy their three cans of Bud Light if they wanted it, and that's not a problem? They can't check into a hotel room, and that's not a problem? It's only selectively a problem. Well, it's only selectively a problem because what the problem affords is the ability to do things that are not legitimate, right? And that's not a conspiracy theory. That's common freaking sense, no matter which side of the aisle you sit on. No matter which side of the aisle you sit on, that's common sense. You, you know, people can't get ID, and that, so you can't ask for it, but you can, you can make them have ID for every other thing in the world that we function and that's perfectly okay. That's not a problem. That's ridiculous. And that's what causes the problems. All right. See how we're, we're moving. We're moving right along here. All right. Um, there's a San Francisco bakery. So I'm going to turn to something sweet. Bakery goods. Isn't it funny how many times we have bakeries in the news that are problematic? Baker won't make a cake for a certain couple that want to get married. And it's, it's, a, it's a whole end of the world. Uh, now we have a bakery in... San Francisco, who refused to serve a law enforcement officer in uniform because they have a policy. They don't serve anyone in uniform with a weapon. They don't serve anybody in uniform with a weapon. So basically, we're not going to serve cops. We're not going to serve cops because uh, they got a weapon there in uniform. That law enforcement officer on the beat in the neighborhood is one of the best tools you have 
for safety and security for everyone in every neighborhood. An officer aggressively, proactively conducting patrol to look out for criminal activity, for crimes afoot, as they say, to look out for innocent people being victimized. That is a very, very good thing. A United States service woman who joins the Navy, the Air Force, the Marines, and she has dedicated her life to protecting America, and that means every single person in this country. They may go die for their service to this country, and they have to go in and get a cup of coffee and a, and a donut, and you will not serve them because they're in uniform with a weapon. Do you realize how ridiculous that is? See, that's part of the problem is that we don't say things are ridiculous anymore. We say, well, you know, they have a policy because, you know, who's going to go in there with it? You know, because the cops are bad. Cops are racist, so I don't want to sell them coffee. The military people are bad. They're very bad. They're racist. They're horrible, and I don't like them. So I, I don't have to sell them coffee. Right? If we don't see the, the, the absurdity of this, then we're, we're missing out. On, and this is why. This is why, in my opinion, we are seeing the, the downward slide of our nation. Because we don't think things through anymore. We act on uh, emotion, raw emotion and feelings without facts, without consideration to anything. Uh, we are very uh, self-centered in, this is what I believe and I'm going to block the traffic. I don't care if your little kid is dying. I have to make my statement that meat is no good. Meat is murder. Absolutely absurd. And we used to all see certain things and go, that's, that's bad. That's ridiculous. That's stupid. We're not going to put up with that. You're not going to block traffic, block an ambulance, block a cop car going to save somebody in your family, right, who's being victimized. Uh, so you can go to work. So you can feed your family. We're not going to block the roads. We're not going to allow that. Right? What do we see in, in Chicago? They are having a record number of car thefts. Record number of car thefts. Uh, I think 30,000 cars, 20,000 cars in the last couple of years. A very high number of car thefts. And there's a couple of brands out there that apparently um, were easier to start and steal than other brands. Uh, you, could, you could find a way around the ignition system, start the car and steal it. Now, Let's look at two people, two people involved in the theft of a car, the owner who owns the car, legitimately owns the car, and the thief who wants to take your property. Well, the thief figures out a way to overcome the system and steals your car. And what does the mayor of Chicago say? He's going to sue these particular car manufacturers who are easier to steal than other ones because it's their fault that all these cars are being stolen. Did you hear that? He's going to sue the car manufacturers because it's too easy for the criminals to steal the cars. Therefore, the car manufacturers are at fault. Instead of turning around and saying, don't steal anyone's property. If you do, you will be charged, convicted, and sent to prison for your crime. I should be able to leave the keys in my ignition in my driveway in my vehicle, and no one should come along and steal it. It's not their property. It's mine, right? Just like nobody should be able to come along and bash in your door and go in your house. People that do that are criminals. So just because I left the keys in my car doesn't mean it's my fault. 
might not have been smart because you know that there's criminals out there that'll steal your stuff, but it's not my fault that somebody got in that car and stole it. That was a criminal act that someone decided to do. And we live in such an upside down, bizarro world now that we say, it's not the criminal's fault that they stole. It's your fault that you allowed your car to be started and stolen from you. You're at fault. Is that one of the most ridiculous things you've ever heard? Out, out in some of our Western states, what do they say? We're not going to prosecute anyone who steals and shoplifts $999 or less because they need those things. So stores now are just supposed to provide $999 worth of goods to every person who walks in the door who may need things. And what about the business? Too bad for them. They're rich, rich people. They don't do too bad. So what happens? These businesses just close their doors and leave the neighborhoods where in many cases, the people in the community are not served by another store because everyone left because of crime. So crime is not good. Therefore, the mayor of Chicago is out of his mind. He shouldn't be saying, I'm gonna sue the car company. He should be saying, I'm gonna make sure anybody steals a car goes to prison twice as long. And if you steal a car, you will, right? All right, everybody, you got me all riled up now. So I'm going to end on a good note. I know in a previous episode, I played an interview, a short interview I had with my cousin, Stephen, who has been taking um, the uh, Healthy Cell sleep product. And Stephen has been telling me all along, he's been buying it, he's sleeping, he's a young guy in his 30s, and he's been able to sleep and stay asleep, and it's really great stuff. So I played that tape, and I can tell you it's very good. Healthy Cell products are excellent. I wanted to end on a good note because I like healthy cell products. I want to tell you about healthy cell products. I like the, uh, the Immune Boost product. Uh, I take it every single day, religiously. When I start to run out, I order more, because it's very good. All right, so listen. Whether you like three beers a day, or whether you don't want to drink at all, that's up to you. We need to fix our election system so that whether win, lose, or draw, we can all be confident that it was done properly. We need to look out for each other, everybody in this country. We are all brothers and sisters. We are Americans. We need to look out for each other and do the right thing. And we have to get away from all of this victimhood and blaming and hatred that's going on because we're not going to be able to survive if we don't. All right. Well, until we meet again, my friends, it goes so fast, doesn't it? Our time together goes so fast. Uh, we'll see you down the road. This is Lieutenant Joe saying, hey, be a part of the solution not a part of the problem.